everybody, to another episode of The Sideline. My name is Rishi Oza. My name is Asher Heyer. And we got a fun episode today. We're going to be going through a couple of different things. Uh, as mentioned in the title, we're going to talk about NBA free agency. Um, with, I mean, most of the big guys are gone. There's still a couple different things that have to be settled. Uh, but most of it's done, including what the Nuggets did. We'll talk about that. And we'll talk about some of the Summer League stuff that happened yesterday. And uh, some of the stuff that happened in Sacramento and Utah as well over the over the last week. Um, you want to start with summer league? That just happened yesterday. Yeah, uh, sure. Um, should we start with the Nuggets? I guess. Yeah, yeah, we'll start with the Nuggets. There wasn't too much different, I think, in other games. I mean, yeah, I didn't. I didn't watch Wembenyama's game, but I, not I, really. I, um, yeah, I was at dinner, but. Okay. Yeah, Victor we'll had a Nuggets. yeah pretty tough game, but um, the Nuggets. I thought like overall like. The guys who were supposed to show potential did, which was nice. Um, like seeing Peyton Watson out there, seeing him handle the ball was interesting because um, that's definitely not a role that I foresee him in. Like I just more see him as a a cutter type of off ball mover guy who's amazing on defense, but not really like running the offense. Um, but he was doing that for the game and I thought he did a pretty decent job there were still you know there were some opportunities where he could have passed it like he had Tyson wide open in the corner late in the game and he decided to pull up for three um with a guy in his face and then there's some of the drive and kick like he'll drive and just attack the defender he wants to posterize everybody meanwhile there's a guy wide open if he just kicks it to the corner or to the top of the key um, so, I mean, just plays like that. But, again, that's not his role. I don't think you – know, he's not, like, a playmaker. So, I don't think that's what he's really going to be playing in during the season. However, um, I thought his dribbling impressed me. His free throw, like, contact ability to draw free throws. And then I think he was 8 for 10 from the line, which is pretty good yeah. um, considering what he shot last that was, year. That so. was good to see. Yeah. He made a three also. Maybe made two. I, I know he made one. Um no, I was I was really impressed with Watson as well. I thought he was the best player uh, on the court. Yeah. Defensively, he had a he had a couple of really really good possessions. Um, I think that that's like that's going to be what his role is. Like I agree with you. Like, I think that he showed a decent amount of ball handling and playmaking skills at the end of the season last year. But in a normal rotation, and if he's going to be a playoff player, that's not going to be what he's asked to do. And I think he'll have to do more of that than we expect because of how thin Denver is at the point guard position. Like, obviously, like, I think Jalen Pickett can be a guy. I, I, I really like what I saw from him yesterday. Uh, I hope that Con Gillespie, Gillespie can be that because I thought his yeah. playmaking was good, but, I mean, his jumper didn't fall at all <clears throat> yesterday. But outside of Reggie Jackson, there's no really, like, proven guy to run an offense. But I think Peyton Watson, if he can playmake like this and he can dribble like this and he can operate in the midrange like this, I think he can be a good secondary ball handler because there really isn't one on the uh, on that initial bench that we're imagining for Denver next season it's Reggie Jackson and that's about it so yeah, if he can be a secondary yeah, sure. ball handler a secondary creator uh, I think these are really important minutes for him to be able to develop that and I like what I saw I really was impressed with his mid-range game and his floater yeah, uh, right. because that's something we didn't see at all from him last year in terms of you know one two dribble pull up in the mid-range or a floater in the mid-range off the dribble like yeah he had a, made a, a ton of those shots he had an and one floater um yeah three steals three steals three blocks um he started the game out amazing he had that big stuff on Mannion, i think it was and then got out in transition yeah. and had a huge dunk um he shot six for 12 
two of those misses are blocked dunks. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> you know, it could have easily been seven for 10. Um, and he was 10 for 13 from the free throw line, not eight for 10, but that's still, you know, amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah. Pickett was the other guy who, I mean, obviously, like, the guy who surprised me the most was Tyson. And there's a reason he surprised me, I guess, because I wasn't, like, expecting too much. And I still, I don't know. I mean, he was he was very good in that game, but I, I still don't know, like, his spot on the team. But Pickett is really what got me excited. Uh, I mean, he had 12 points, 6 rebounds, 5 assists, which is, you know, what he was doing in college. And mm-hmm. he's just, he's so unfel- unselfish. Um, unselfish to a fault a little bit in that game. He had some looks yeah. like he was just wide open from the mid range and he would just kind of back it out. I'm like, wait, you got, you got an automatic mid range shot. Like he, he made maybe three or four mid range shots. He had a, he had two threes off catch and shoot, I believe. Um, but like his vision, he doesn't have flashy dribble moves, but he's got good ball security, just like all you need. And that's fine as a backup point guard. Um, and yeah, just his vision was, was spectacular. Um, I think that mid-range jump shot can really turn into a real, like, automatic weapon like Monte Morris had um, in his arsenal. And, you know, that three-point jump shot looked pretty good, too. So I'm super excited about Pickett. I feel like he – I mean, I, I look at one game, but the way he controlled the, that offense. Yeah. Like, I I, shoot, I mean, looked, I, I want him over Reggie Jackson to, to play. <laughs> man, like. He looked really, really comfortable running – yeah. offense and I, I, I like this is my kind of issue with the this is something I noticed immediately when they when they were running the lineups like I don't think either him or Colin Gillespie is really comfortable running off ball like that's not what they have ever done yeah. in their lives pretty much so I would like to see them they, they did stagger them and split them up I thought the rotation was fine but I would like to see one of them start on the bench so that they can really run the offense and be the guy for majority of their minutes um, because when Jalen Pickett was doing that I thought he really really impressed and uh, I agree with you. I thought that he was – he had. I wanted him to score more. I wanted him to look for his shot a lot more because he had it. He had it way more. And I understand being unselfish. I understand getting everyone involved. But, like, I really wanted him to score more because he is such a fun scorer. I, I saw on the, the DNVR podcast said that one of his nicknames is Booty Ball. Yeah. And I think that's very appropriate for him <laughs> because, like, first possession of the game that he has where he's running the offense, he's backing people down from half court. Like, it's, it was so <laughs> funny to watch. He's such an – unorthodox booty ball and the grandpa (laughs) yeah booty ball and grandpa (laughs) incredible nicknames from Jalen Pickett but But describes him perfectly though honor was saying like his kind of scouting report on Jalen Pickett was I we don't know if his game is going to be able to translate to the next level and translate to the NBA because what is his role going to be is he going to be able to play off ball is he going to be able to run an offense like conventionally and I think he got picked at the perfect place in Denver because nothing they do is conventional offensively. Yeah. Obviously, running it through center and running all their different actions. So I think Jalen Pick is going to fit in just fine. I think he's. I don't think those issues are going to be actual issues uh, at the next level. So I really like what I saw from him. And I, I kind of. I think at some point this season, uh, Nuggets fans are going to be calling for Jalen oh, to yeah. get over over Reggie Jackson if if Reggie Jackson doesn't figure it out. Because I think. I will talk about it in the free agency portion, but I think he has a chance to be better, obviously, than when he was last year. But uh, I think just because Jamal Pick is younger and he has the potential and he has clearly skills to help contribute, 
uh, to winning immediately. I think he's gonna he's gonna get a lot of calls to to play early. Yeah, for sure. I'm um, calling Gillespie, the other guy fighting for the backup point guard spot. Um, does he have a I should, does he have a roster spot right now? No, I. They still have all three two ways open. I'm assuming he's gonna get one oh of them, uh, regardless of how if he plays in summer league because of how like Calvin Booth has talked him up like all off season and yeah. they all love him in the team. So I assume he's gonna get it, especially because he was injured all of last season. Like I feel like it'd be unfair to not give him one of the two ways, especially with the three of them now. But I don't know. I, he true. doesn't have anything guaranteed. Okay, but um, anyways, I was just going to say, I don't think you can take, like, anything away from this game because this is the first game he's played. This is, like, Jamal Murray, like, yeah. first game played off of. I would even say a broken leg. I mean, that sounds nastier than a torn ACL. It's a broken leg off a torn ACL, too. Like, he, played, he tore his ACL, played one season in college, and then broke his leg. <laughs> like, he hasn't played any basketball since in the last three years. Yeah, so, I mean, one for seven from the field, 0 for three from downtown. Um, you know, that's just – that's – complete rust um and then yeah hunter tyson and julian strother the other two draft picks playing in this game obviously hunter tyson amazing first half um i think he started out four for or three for four from three um 21 points obviously his three-point shot um is automatic but what stood out to me is his cutting and his um kind of ability to finish around the basket uh was interesting to me because you can tell, I feel like he's got a pretty good like basketball IQ about where he should be, which places he should be in. He, he filled that corner on that that uh, Watson shot I was referring to earlier where Watson pulled up and Tyson was wide open in the corner. He did a good job filling that corner in transition. Um, um, and then defensively, you know, there was nothing that was like stood out as you know oh my god that's a horrible defensive play yeah i mean he had a block he had like a chase down block on drew timmy after falling for a but that was the one thing i guess defensively he fell for like four pump fakes like full-on jumping on a close-up uh but i guess that was like the one. but he recovered really nicely on all of them like he didn't he didn't get beat super hard on any of them so that was good and his effort was there i mean that was something that the coaching staff and everyone has talked about like his motor is crazy like he never stops trying he never stops hustling which is weird because he's like he's huge like having a motor for a guy who's six nine is is really hard to find because those guys are just so big that it's hard for them to keep it up for that long uh but i mean that was true he recovered really nicely he rebounded very well um yeah i, I liked what i saw from him that was that was so surprising like i didn't think like, obviously, we knew he's a good shooter. Like, that's all he was known for in college. And I knew he was a good rebounder because he averaged, like, 15 and 10 or something his last season uh, at Clemson. But I didn't think he was that good of a cutter. I didn't think that he had, like, he really knows how to get open. Like, he pump fake, will sidestep, a pump fake yeah. drive, get get a mid-range jumper. So he's a really good cutter off the ball. Um, so, I, I mean, I think that... Those couple of things ha- are going to be able to keep him in the in the minds of the Nuggets coaching staff because he doesn't really make too many mistakes. Uh, I think we'll see yeah. what happens tomorrow, but I think that that's that's good momentum for him because he was the guy who I was like, I don't I don't know if he's even going to last like his contract. Yeah, for sure, but, man. I mean, he showed me more. He had a fading baseline mid range jumper like mm-hmm. over somebody. Um, 
I'm like, geez, like that was a super skilled shot. That's like Kawhi S. And so, I mean, that's impressive to show that he can do that because, you know, obviously we're both thinking that, oh, he's going to be some catch and shoot three point, you know, Tyler Lighton type of player. But um, nah, like he he showed that he could uh, create his own shot even, which is definitely surprising. Strother, um, the first round pick for the Nuggets, 15 points. you know, basically just did what was kind of expected out of him coming into this, just catch and shoot three point guy and can sometimes make a floater and like that's about it. <laughs> he did not yeah. I mean he had fifteen points in twenty five minutes. Definitely hit some impressive threes, three for nine from three, but outside of that really had no other impact that I could tell. Yeah. I, I thought defensively he was um Internet connection is unstable. Uh, I thought defensively, his uh, that was kind of disappointing from Strother. Um, and I knew he wasn't a very good defender coming out of college, and that's not what he was ever asked to do. But, I mean, his he looked really slow laterally. Like, he couldn't really stay in front of anybody. Um, he's going to have to learn how to use his length because he is long, and he has the ability to make plays on defense. So he's going to have to learn how to use his body a lot better. Uh, but, I mean, the, the jumper was... We went three for nine from three, so it wasn't as advertised, but his his trigger was as advertised. Oh, yeah. Anytime he touched it and he was somewhat open, he shot it. And it didn't really look like he was ever uncomfortable on a jumper. He never, like, any closeout didn't really affect him. I think he just missed. It was just off a little bit. But uh, second half, I thought it was a lot better. He made a few threes. He um, wasn't, like, completely taken advantage of on the defensive end. Um, so I thought, I thought he was a lot better, but, I mean... It, I'm gonna have to see more from him to to be comfortable yeah. with him. I thought, and then one summer league game, literally it's been 40 minutes. Like it's not, it's not yeah. like he's gonna get cut after that, especially after being the first round pick. So he's gonna get a lot more chances. But I, I just, from what I saw from him yesterday, it's not. I don't. I wasn't too impressed. Yeah, I think one thing that like stands out to me about Strother is like he plays pretty small. Um, He's six seven, like, and is classified as a four. But it, it feels like he's like more of a guard. But he ca- also can't really like handle the ball, um, and like run any offense like that. But he, he's not big enough to be a guy who can. Even though he's six seven, he's not like thick enough um, and strong enough to be in there battling, kind of like near the basket, um, ceiling position and, and cutting to the rim and stuff. Like his off the ball movement is all perimeter orientated, you know, flying off the screens, trying to get catch and shoot threes. Um, and obviously when he attacks the paint, he's not looking for any contact. He goes to that floater, which also makes him seem like he plays pretty small at six, seven. Um, so yeah, man, I mean, I don't know, like, we're, we're going to need to see a lot more. Like, I know, you know, you, you hit on the DNVR thing. Uh, Adam Mars was also pretty low on Stroud. They're kind of saying all this same stuff coming into the league after what he saw from college. And I'm like, all right, but, you know, I'm going to give it, like, I'll see how he plays against professional competition because maybe that's different. But this first game, at least, looked very much like how Mares described him. Um yeah, man. I mean, just that, that's all you can say. He's just a catch and shoot guy. And yeah. literally, you can't handle the rock. You can't really score through traffic. You can't really defend. You know, not a great passer, zero assists, 
in 25 minutes. Um, yeah. The good thing is, though, all these things are things that he can improve on. Like, they're yeah. not anything where it's, like, unfixable. And yeah. the fact that he is a good shooter is going to be able to keep him around for a long time because that's just what the NBA is right now. Like, if you're a good shooter, you're going to have a spot in the league. So these are things he can learn. He, he's not going to play right away. I don't think he has any clear path to a rotation spot day one um, because he just he, he's not better than anybody ahead of him. I, I, he's not a good enough defender to beat out Peyton Watson. And I don't think he's he does enough stuff to beat out Christian Brown. He doesn't do enough stuff to, you know, beat out Vlako Chancho or Zeke Knight. Like he's gonna be on the bench. He, I think Denver's player development system, one of the better ones in the NBA. Like, and and I think their strength development system is also very underrated. Um, so I think you look at how strong Peyton Watson is now compared to what he was last year, compared to what it was at the beginning of the season. Uh, I think if Julian Strother is able to go on some that sort of path to just beef up a little bit and be able, be more comfortable taking contact, be more comfortable being physical and defensive end. Yeah. Um, he'll, he'll be able to be fine. And I think he's going to have the opportunity to do that. He's going to be up and down in the G League from what I assume. Mm-hmm. And he'll have chances to improve and fix out those things. So like, these are just reactions from one summer league game and everyone overreacts to summer league. Like, it's not... <laughs> it's right, normal right. to do that. But I like that's just my first reaction from him is like, if he can just too impressed. if he can just add a little something like I'm just scared with him like it seems like every time he caught the ball he just shot it immediately like that was just his first instinct was to immediately look at the basket and shoot it but if he can like just have a little like creativity that he can add whether it's a pump fake you get him flying and then sidestep for a three or pump fake attack shoot a little pull up mid-range because I haven't seen one mid-range shot for me I don't think I saw one mid-range shot jump shot from him like in college too um yeah so like if he he can become like a like if he's looking around the perimeter to get a shot he catches it he doesn't have the shot he passes it then he cuts to the middle that those are things that are going to be allowed him to play with Jokic. yeah um which is what you have to kind of mold yourself around if you're going to play with denver yeah he can't just catch it and like if he's not open pass it and then not move like he's got to pass it and yeah. try to get open again and relocate, which I think he can because he was showing that at, at Gonzaga. We didn't really see yeah. – but he didn't really have, like, too many opportunities, it felt like, to do that in this summer league game. Um, but, yeah, if he can, as you said before, like, he, if he can use that three-point shot as, like, a mental kind of, like, weapon against the defense to where, like, the defense is like, all right, that, that, guy's, that guy's a good three-point shooter. we got to close out really fast on him. Then, boom, like, develop a little – you know, shot creation off of that three-point threat, um, <clears throat> which, I mean, obviously, he's got that floater. You know, that's definitely a real thing that he can use as a counter. But, yeah, you know, if you're just a three-point shooter floater guy, like, I think teams can can key in on that. So, you know, um, but we'll see. We will see. Yeah. Long way. There's still, like, three months until preseason even starts. So yeah. there's a ton of time for him to – work on these and especially throughout the season we know how long it is watching Denver go from day one of preseason to the end of the year as champions like it, there's so much time to improve on, on literally everything so yeah, just overreactions but I mean still like if these are the valid concerns these are things that the GMs know I'm sure like and these are very obvious things like if we can see it through one summer game I'm sure these guys watching every single minute that he played in college scouting him to draft him they also know it too right right so yeah i 
I have high hopes for him still. Like I think he can I think he can be good, especially because he is such an elite shooter. Like everyone talks about how good of a shooter he is. So I'm sure that him going three for nine isn't like that that's not normal. He's not gonna do that uh too many times. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean if he just makes one more th- if if he goes four for nine, like that's a pretty eighteen yeah, points. Yeah, you think of it way game. differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he missed a ton of open ones too. Like he yeah. had a lot of open shots. Um, and especially for him, like almost every single shot is open. I, I like Tommy Balcet said um, in an interview, he was like, "We think that if with Strother, if you're closing out on him, it's probably too late because the shot's already up. That's how quick his release is, and that's how good of a shooter he is. Which I think is that's a great thing to have on your scouting report. Like if yeah. you're that good of a shooter where you can't even close out on him because it's going to go up, then you're going to be good." I want. I'd like to see him. I, I do want to highlight one other player before we move on to free agency. Uh, Grant Golden, I thought, was weird. Like people, like he is a very, very good passer. He had five assists. He had a couple of really nice backdoor passes uh, to cutters. Um, he he really impressed me on the offensive end, defensively and rebounding. He did nothing. Two rebounds for a center. Oh, yeah. not good at all. Um, I was, I was going to hit that defensively. Like he had no impact. I was going to hit on that with uh, Kamigate too, but yeah, keep going. Yeah, I, I I think that he has a chance to take one of the two-way spots because Denver ha- has virtually no playable size uh, on the bench. Like, you have Zeke Naji and Vladko, who I think should start as the backup four and five, but that's a small ball lineup. I think you have to have some sort of option to play big uh, outside of DeAndre Jordan. I think I think he's there for veteran leadership and veteran leadership only. Right. If he is actually going to have to play legit minutes, then something is wrong. Like, that, that's not... That's not an ideal situation. So I think that Grant Golden has a good opportunity to steal one of the open two-way slots. Um, yeah, Because sure. he's just size, and he, he can fit into a Nuggets system easily because he has a good playmaker. Dude, um, I think you're, like, one. really starting to see, like, the Jokic effect, like, on these big yeah. men. I was even seeing it with Victor. It's like, dude, this guy's just looking for his pass like he's, like, Jokic. Like, but I feel like that's something that goes through their mind. They're like... You know, Jokic just won a championship being all unselfish. Um, and, you know, uh, what's his name? Just did, Victor just did that. Um, and the Grant Golden looked, you know, like a little mini Jokic out there with the backdoor cuts. And I'm seeing, like, a lot of big men kind of look for that those backdoor cuts also. Um, and, yeah, I mean, he was, was he was three for three. He has a little nice little post-hook shot. Um, yeah. Says so he had a sixteen he had a foot double in the G League last year. Oh really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't even realize he was on the Nuggets G League team. Um, I had no, I, I've never heard of this name until yesterday. <laughs> um, but I only remember him because he was just he just was like some random dude on the training camp roster. I was like, who is this guy? And okay. Yeah. He was on the, the G League team. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, he had a triple double in the G League last year. Um, he averaged a double double as well. I don't. I don't think this rebounding thing is like an actual issue. Like he is a good rebounder. It just yeah. this matchup is so weird because Taco is like you can't even if you box him out, he's just gonna like it's just impossible to do anything against him. So I I, I want to see. So they got like against normal size centers. So the Nuggets have three two way contracts. Has anybody been signed to them? No. Okay. I think they're all open. So I mean, yeah, I mean like. Obviously, these guys like Armand Franklin, but I mean, and, and Funk, and um, that's about, I mean, and Golden, and like, that's about it. All the other guys, that's what's so interesting about this Nuggets team. It's like, these guys are like, 
what, like eight out of these guys are like on the actual team. Strother, Tyson, yeah. Pickett, Gillespie, probably. Um, Kamigate has his spot, you know, for next year. Pickett, Watson. And like there's just a couple guys fighting for that third two-way spot. And Grant Golden looks like it's, you know, sitting perfectly there for him. Um, if he can play well because Armand Franklin didn't really do too much in that game. And yeah. Funk was... Oh, for four from three, yeah. um, which is I know what, Funk and Franklin are on Exhibit Tens, yeah. which means that they have like an NBA tryout clause or something in their contract, and they're going to be on the G League team, barring that they get waived, which I don't think will happen. Um, so they'll be on the G League team. I don't know. I think Golden was also on one of those last year, but I think right now he's just on the roster. So I think, but I think Gillespie will get one of them. I'll, I'll probably predict Grant Golden gets another one, and then the other one's up to Franklin or someone else. I, I want to see Cassius Stanley get a chance. Because yeah, where was? Why didn't he play? I don't know. I, I really want to see him get a chance because he. I know, like this is I, I think what his third or fourth year in the league coming up. He hasn't really made an impact. He was super highly touted out of high school, one and done guy, but he's so ridiculously athletic. Yeah. That I feel like he deserves a chance to be on a two-way with a team that has the opportunity to really watch him and develop him and hone in his skills because of how good their player development is. Uh, He's like one of those guys where it's like a five-star in high school purely based on athleticism. Like, even though he doesn't have much, like, IQ or skill. um, Like, Jalen Hands, I feel like, was like a... I saw... I was seeing Jalen Hands playing in a game earlier. I'm like, bro, this guy's, like, still out here trying. He's, like, turning it over. I'm like, geez, I remember when this guy was a five-star, like, highly touted recruit. He kind of fell off. And it's kind of the same thing with Stanley. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like he should get a chance. He's still still strong and athletic and stuff. And I don't know. Maybe he's developed a shot by now that teams don't know about. I don't know. But, yeah, I'd like to see him play also. Um, yeah, I just want to because he's just so athletic. I feel like yeah. if you have that much athleticism, you have a chance to be able to contribute. Um, especially like I don't know, Armand Franklin didn't exactly do anything <laughs> in the game that I thought Cassius Stanley couldn't. So I just like yeah. see them get a chance. But obviously, the coaches know more than us. They see different things behind the scenes more than us. So like, if he's not playing in summer league something like he's not as good as we think obviously but yeah i mean i personally i feel like he could be like a dog defensively too yeah i know he is a good defender like i know he is like he's not one of those guys who is just ridiculously athletic and doesn't yeah. do much but i know he is a good defender but i don't know we'll see we'll see what happens you were going to say something about kamagate go for it and then we'll, we'll go yeah just really the quick. i mean it was a like a weird matchup because you're not going to play you know, a seven six dude taco fall um, yeah. every night, but like he was just getting, just didn't impress me. Like I was kind of expecting more from him. I know he'll he's not on the team this year, obviously, and he'll come over next year most likely. Um, but I, I was trying to, I was hoping to see a little more out of him, um, especially rebounding the ball and defensively. Like he got beat like three four times probably on the offensive glass by either Taco or just somebody else. Um, dude, I like Drew Timmy, man. I Like, I was watching him play. I'm like, I wish Drew Timmy was a nugget. <laughs> he, 
he had zero assists, but there was one of these, like, he's got, he's a very good passer, and he had a nice mm-hmm. pass to the perimeter, and some guy missed the shot. Um, but I'm just looking at their big men. I feel like, I mean, it was mostly like Taco that kind of destroyed him on the offensive glass, but I don't know. I was just hoping to yeah. see a little more. Obviously, this is one game. Like, I need, like, relax with these <laughs> uh, takes, <Yeah>. but <laughs> I don't know. I just wish. Because he looked so good last year in the summer league, and we thought he was going to be on the team for this year. Yeah. I did, at least. And then all of, a, all of a sudden, like, no, he's still got this contract with the European team, and he's got to stay over there. Um, and so I thought he was going to come out and kind of be, like, a huge piece to this summer league team. Um, five points in 21 minutes, only took two shots. Um, so we'll see. When once he plays against a guy that's not Taco Fall yeah. like size, yeah, Taco's such a weird matchup because like not only is he like seven six, but he's also like ridiculously strong. Like most yeah. guys are that tall or super skinny. Like we're seeing it now. Like guys like Victor and guys like Chet Holmgren, like they're super tall, but they're really skinny because it's hard to put on weight when you're that huge. This he's he's ginormous. Like he is yeah. the biggest human being I think I've ever seen in my life. Uh, and like it's just so hard to do anything against him when he is actively trying on the glass. So he's he's. We'll see what, I don't know who they play next tomorrow. I don't think I'll be able to watch the game. I'll be able to watch like half an hour of it. Okay. Uh, on my my dinner break at work, but uh, we'll we'll see we'll see what he looks like against a normal size center. Taco Fall. Let me. <laughs> Taco Fall is seven six three eleven. Like, so you, you cannot take any matchup against him seriously. No, like you can't do anything. Like three eleven is crazy. <laughs> I was expecting to see like two fifty, two seventy. Three eleven is huge. It's That's like Shaq. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Seven, six. <laughs> it's a seven six like offensive lineman. Players like summer league players aren't like their bodies aren't developed yet. Like they don't really know how to use their size yeah. properly. Like against that like that's impossible dude i want to see this guy playing tackle like actually probably his uh lateral like first step like as a left tackle would be pretty crappy but dude like seven <laughs> and obviously you can't put him at like guard because then like russell wilson trying to throw over taco fall would be insane <laughs> but if you put him at tackle like with his i bet his his wingspan's got to be he's seven six his wingspan's got to be at least eight feet yeah that so that would be insane as a tackle or put him at like nose tackle no one's throwing over <laughs> just him. Like, put his hands up yeah. try it try me <laughs> um but obviously no fo- I don't, did he grow up in africa no football in africa um i don't know no, where he grew up from, honestly i think he's from i think he's from africa um yeah right, anyway so there's free agency. we got like five minutes yeah we're going to free agency super super quick um, we'll talk about Denver. I don't. There wasn't anything like crazy, unexpected from other teams around the league. Like Houston signed everyone that they possibly could and offered money at more people who signed elsewhere. So they had a huge offseason. I don't know what the direction of their team is. It looks like they're trying to compete uh, with a team that is not really ready to compete. But I guess we can, we can talk about that later. We'll talk about the Nuggets right now for the, the last five minutes of this. Um, I uh, so many people are really angry at the Nuggets offseason. I don't know. They couldn't do more than what they did. Like, they couldn't really offer... They couldn't offer Bruce Brown more than $7.8 million. Like, they physically could not do more yeah, than that. Yeah. 
because of their cap situation. And he chose to go to a place that offered him $22 million. I He would have been the stupidest guy on the planet to take $7 million over $22 million after winning a ring. That is just dumb. For a guy who has made $15 million in his career, obviously he's going to choose $22 million. There's no issues with that. Not being able to get Jeff Green back sucks. I would have liked to bring him back strictly for veteran leadership. I didn't want him to play. But just for veteran leadership, having someone there to mentor guys like Peyton Watson, Zeke Naji, Flacco Chonstark, help them grow and learn as NBA players would have been nice. But he signed for two years, $16 million with yeah. Houston. Denver couldn't possibly match that. I think it's really like one year, $6 million guaranteed, yeah, I think. Something but because of still, $6 million too much for Jeff yeah, Green. They couldn't afford that. They, they couldn't afford that. Uh, then signing Reggie Jackson to the taxpayer mid-level exception. That's the one iffy thing. I would have liked to see them go for someone else. But yeah. the other contracts people were getting, Denver wouldn't have been able to. They, they couldn't afford anybody. Like, they yeah. could not afford anybody. They did the best with the money they had. And it looks like they're going to have to rely on the younger guys who are already on the roster. Um, and that's just the way it's going to be. Yeah, I mean, the guys yeah. that, like... I was looking at guys who signed for either the same contract as Reggie Jackson or less. Seth Curry, I would have liked to see more. Nikhil Alexander Walker, Tayshon Prince, uh, Tayshon, uh, what is it? Torian Prince, um, Monte Morris. I don't think you can use the TPE that created for Monte Morris to trade for Monte Morris. You can't. You can't. But Detroit only gave him like two picks. Or two second round picks, maybe even just one second round pick. Um, so I mean, I would have liked to like renounce the rights on. Re- I don't know how that would all work if you renounce the rights on Reggie and trade a second round pick for Monte. Um, yeah, I mean I, the Reggie thing, like it's it's definitely too much money, but I, I think it's a very tradable contract. Um, yeah. Like say you come up to the trade deadline and. Uh, I, I like Reggie's playing decently, but maybe you want Pickett. Maybe you can trade Reggie. He's got a tradable contract to get bring in somebody who's a rotation caliber player at the trade deadline. Um, so I mean, I guess that's how like I see that contract working out. Because um, you're not going to trade somebody who's on like if you gave him the minimum and you're looking to dump him, like there's no point in that. Um, so I mean, there's that, and then like he's just a veteran. There's no you know ball handler off the bench except for him who has experience um so just to be a veteran ball handler even though he doesn't really like run the offense I feel like the Nuggets kind of want to run because he's just more of a self-creating scorer uh at backup point guard um so yeah I mean but if Pickett is playing well I think you can trade that contract at the deadline um for maybe somebody who's on the MLE who isn't really playing. Um, yeah. So we'll see. But yeah. I, I feel like the no, whole I, point I of that they, contract they, was terrible. Yeah, I think they brought Reggie back. They look at what he did last year. He didn't do great, but, I mean, he was getting up to speed on a contending team that was making a run for a championship. They didn't have room for error. It's, it's the same reason they traded Bones Highland. They didn't have room for mistakes. They didn't have room for error like that on the second unit. They were like, you know what? It's not working. We'll rest him. Cool. Fine. Uh, so bringing him back, having a full training camp, full preseason, being able to learn the offense, learn the players' tendencies uh, will be a lot better for him. I'm sure that they have confidence that he's going to be able to do that, which 
Makes sense. I mean, it's hard to come in as a buyout team, running a situation in LA for three, four seasons, right. and then coming to this season, completely different team, different coaching staff, different players, different system altogether. Yeah, uh, I mean, just it would definitely be hard. Just two years ago, you know, he was like one of the best players on the Clippers, like winning that series against yeah. the Suns. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, there's that. We got one minute left. Uh, I think like one thing I want to talk about for one minute is like. Uh, the whole thing with, with now Lillard, Beal, like, signing max contracts and then getting traded. Like, I feel like and Jalen Brown probably is going to maybe do that coming up, too. Uh, and Zion Williamson looks like he could be traded, too. But, like, the guys who sign the max contracts so that they get the most amount of money and then just ask out, like, a year later. It feels like they're just, like, finessing the NBA. There could be, like, a rule that um, comes out like that. And even, like... It just I, I, point is I think salary cap is becoming overrated because teams can't really uh, sign top players like even next year it's Pascal and Dejounte and Pascal might even get you know yeah um, and there it goes there goes the zoom so thank you guys for listening peace.